All right, I've done my testing. Tyler, what about you? Get up onto that mic and talk to we are finished. Get up onto that mic. It's time to record. It's time to roll. That was going so well, I didn't want to interrupt it. Liz, how about you? (laughs) I'm going to need human words. (laughs) Actually... So now it's like you, I think, Gable, are still able to, like, cling to the mast of the ship. Standing one leg short, one leg long. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wendell is, like, through sheer willpower, holding on to this incredibly Mm. hot furnace while his brother has, you know, taken a hook from his belt and used that to anchor himself. Mm. Uh, We cut down to a PC slot, and I would really love to see what's going on with Vale uh, and Dref because the ship has listed even more in that time. I don't think we need another role from you, but I do need to know what's going on with you and how you're maneuvering and also how you think Vale reacted to this listing. So the great thing about being undead is that you have a one-track mind and you don't need to be like so, so Vale's already cut down one of these guys. No, or he's attacked one he, of these guys. So he he landed and did like a flourish to intimidate them. And these guys all hooked in when they heard the command? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I would actually rather roll Vale Vale's attack first than describe it. So let's let's roll the, the, this attack. So he's he's still has his command. His command has been to attack. Yep. What's the difficulty on this attack? Difficulty on this all melee attacks difficulty is average. So okay. that's where it'll be. Okay. Oh, Oh, boy. A triumph and an advantage. So a triumph will take out one of these guys, right? Uh, Yeah, triumph takes one out just... Uh, And then that's just one... And then it's a triumph, so one success plus three damage, is that right? Or plus his brawn? Yeah, so it's it's going to be the net successes plus his brawn plus the three from the sword. So yeah, seven damage total. So seven damage plus a triumph. So that will take out two of them overall. So here's what happens. Dead so boys, dead These boys. guys hear the uh, the command. They all hook in. Uh, Orimar does not... They're all like a little like creeped out too because he like stood up. Yeah, from they what, saw they, his broken legs. They heard his legs shatter and then he stood up. But the ship like lists uh, violently again. Orimar goes like sprawling. I feel like he has no center of gravity. Like his center of gravity is all messed up because he's a zombie. <laughs> so he sprawls like out on the floor and they're still all like hooked in in front of him, except he doesn't care that he's on the floor because his only command is to attack. From the floor, he like spins around, just like wildly chops at ankles. He hits two of their ankles. One of them steps back and the other two fall down to the floor as he just like jams his uh, sword into one of their chests and then jams his sword. He like flips it up, jams the sword down into one of the other ones and pushes himself back up. Well, that guy is like, you know, like screaming as the sword is going into him. And now there's one more in front of him. Dref, on the other hand, I'm going to roll a coordination because 
it probably does matter for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably going to go sprawling. What's the check on this from the list? Uh, I think it is average difficulty. Just average. Okay, so it's just another coordination. Oh, boy. So it is a success and two threats uh, for his coordination. So he doesn't fall. Mm-hmm. God, I don't know what, does anyone have an idea for the two threats? He might just barely catch himself and be hanging off the side. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So he writes himself, but again, he's like trying to sabotage this like anchor thing and he kind of falls over the side too, except he grabs onto a rope and then he panically casts some divine magic of his own. And this, you can tell me, that I'll describe what I want to do and you can tell me how difficult this is going to okay. be. He's like hanging off the side. Uh, he wants to do a divine barrier on himself so that it can protect protect him when he like lets go and falls down to where Orimar is. Oh man, okay. So so a barrier like essentially creating a surface that you can stand on? Oh, interesting. Um, so a barrier is kind of like a bubble around you uh, that will like, it's like a protective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this, I don't know if it, well. So I was, I was sort of picturing a barrier as kind of like a wall. Yeah. If you, and I think you could structure it to be like a bubble to like protect you from harm on all sides. But I feel like if you concentrated it into a single wall, it might be able to like hold you up, but it would be an extreme amount of strain to maintain that for too long. That's why someone can't use a barrier to prevent themselves from just falling to their death. Okay. I like the idea of like, oh yeah, I can catch myself, but I have to quickly move on to another surface. Okay, so let, let's do that. Let's let's try to create this barrier. What's the difficulty on that? I think the difficulty is going to be hard. Okay. Well, okay, so five successes and three threats. So that's such a high amount of successes. Here's what I think happens. Mm-hmm. He's stumbled off the side. He's grabbed onto this rope. He's hanging there and he feels himself falling because he is definitely not strong. So he casts a barrier below himself, <laughs> hoping that he can like use it to hop off back onto the stairs. But instead what he does is he panics and he makes the barrier like at a slant. So he falls and he starts sliding. sliding. But yeah. as he's sliding down his barrier, he casts another barrier below it. And again, like... Hits that slides more, and he casts he's like grinding. He's skateboarding. He's not. He's not. He's not. There's no grace to this at all. Uh, but he's just casting barrier after barrier, uh, probably suffering a couple points of strain as he eventually like slides down. I'll say that probably a point of strain for each of these threats. Yeah. So three strain, uh, and he finally falls down. And is that that's in addition to the the two strain from the spell itself? Yes. So he's he's taken five strain, uh, but he is down at the um, bottom with Orimar, kind of like clumsily, disheveledly, like fallen at at Orimar's feet. And as Orimar uh, stabs that second person and then pushes himself back up. That's great. All right. So we come to Travis. Travis. This is a nightmare situation. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you can see out this open cargo port where the cannons have disappeared below. You can see just along the horizon line, the sun start to peak Mm. over the side of, of the world. And you can feel your bones start to crack. Wait, so sunlight means... And he starts to transform boy. back boy. into boy. Yeah. The issue with this transformation back into boy is that the, at the same time, the ship has also taken a greater list and Travis's position was already fairly precarious. Mm-hmm. So now, Travis, you are at two black dice to do anything and you've got to prevent yourself from going tumbling out into the abyss. What do you do? So I think right now I am 
biting onto like what's left of one of the ropes, like mm-hmm. kind of holding on. And I think what I will have to do is time it correctly so that like when my mouth is a man mouth and no longer capable of like supporting my weight, I need to be able to quickly like switch to grabbing onto something with my hands, oh, which yeah, I Lord. will then have. Because right now I can only grab with my mouth and soon I will only be able to grab with my hands. Um, in exactly two minutes because you well, do that long. I mean, there's some there's some point in between where I will be not both. be able to do either well. <laughs> yeah. I need to plan when to sort of slide down and so that by the time I get to whatever I will be able to grab onto, I will have man hands. Yeah. How, where is Jonnet right now? So Jonnet uh, just pulled off like an impressive coordination and he's like kind of hanging from a rope that's like well inside the area of safety. So maybe I'll say like you got rope through, your through your rope mouth. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to catch me? Uh, <laughs> that's what get. I like yeah. to hear. <laughs> uh, when I, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I guess I think this, is this would be like a cord. Is there a yeah? Coordination is based off of agility, um, and I get two black. Yep, two black. And I think this is God. What? What? Let me see your pool so far. Yeah, this is a hard roll. Two. Yep. Three. Three. Yep, it's three. Well, this game was fun. Um, Thanks for having me on. Uh, I will remind you, you have these fate points here. You can always move them about to uh, upgrade one of your uh, green dice to a yellow die. Or like skate points because you can do some. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll move on. Okay, so that is. Daddy likes that. Triumph. X's are failures, yes? Yes. Okay, so. That's a lot of failures. Yeah, so. One triumph, two failures, and an advantage. Okay. What you were trying to do, swing over to Jonnet, fails. However, something monumental and miraculous happens. So we know that you don't die. So you have to tell us okay. why. What if when Jonnet sort of jumps down to try and grab me, the door just slides shut again? So, like, he misses me, but I roll down and just slam into the door. Ooh. Then we will have to open it again to You'll get the cargo out. You'll have to open it again out. to get the cargo out. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. I think that's a... So you're falling. Like, your paws are starting to lengthen. Your, your muzzle is starting to shrink back. Like, you can hear the cracking. And because of that, like, bone cracking, you have to jerk one of your limbs that was reaching out for Jonnet, which causes Jonnet to miss. Ugh. And you fall. But the ship rocks a little bit and... <laughs> That door shuts and bam, you fall like hard onto the door and you like sort of try and scrabble into a position. And I think part of you is like feeling your body. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good catch. Uh, I I said sorry before you could uh, chastise. So (laughs) we're we're good. Oh, is that the rules? It is now. It's what we're doing now. You do still have a maneuver and you got cargo to deal with. And you can hear the stirring of men over by the stairs. They now have a different angle that they can climb in to come down to your area. So they're actually starting to move down. A group of minions has come down. Which one of us has the stuff that we need to like attach to the cargo? Probably John. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I don't know if we've ever said this, but when I transform back, I'm completely naked and completely horny. <laughs> we did say that your clothes actually go with you when you transform. So we naked. did sort of head off. You can that. still be horny, man. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for your support. Man. Always feel free and open to be horny. <laughs> 
What did we call the thing? Did we have a name for like this this thing to attach to the cargo? The pallet or something? It's sort of like a parachute yeah. in a way because mm-hmm. it's it's a feather weave device that will float it down <laughs> to safety. So yeah, whatever. I don't you think wanna... we ever named the thing. We didn't too. name it. So if you want to name it something. Now's a good time. But I invented it. What do you want to name it? Dref would for sure pick a shit, like, very lame name for this thing. Because he thinks it's cool. So, like, I, I like maybe, like, a little flashback scene where he's giving it to you and Jonnet. Well, this device is basically feather. It's like a feather weave balloon thing that you yeah. put on top of it. <laughs> we see a, a brief flashback to uh, Dref uh, giving Jonnet and Travis uh, the device that he crafted. You attach this here, um, secure the base firmly to the side, and uh-huh. then uh, just a Apply here, and uh-huh. it will lift off and take the goods to safety. I, uh-huh. I call it the dirigible balloon or the dirigible balloon. <laughs> I'm not calling it that. Oh, uh, I'm probably not going to call it that either. Okay, I worked. Yeah. Kind of hard on that. Okay, well, name went through several. Times. I'm going to call it the extricator. Oh yeah, because it sounds awesome, and that's what it does. It's immediately, John, it offers a high five to Travis. I'd love to get in on the high five. Okay, the high <laughs> five's done without me. I, I will not. Be, I don't need to All be right, part well, of then it. John, it leaves the room to find someone who will reciprocate <laughs> his high five. I would. I would have. I would have. I would have. I would have. Anyone uh, else? Flashback. <laughs> flash, flashbacks <laughs> to uh, uh, John uh, with the uh, extricator. Mm-hmm. The extricator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then John high fives himself. Like, <laughs> I've done it. Toss me the extricator. Can I do that in this turn? I mean, the, the final two PC slots are here, so okay. it's kind of you two acting awesome. in concert right now. Yeah, he digs into his bag. Uh, he he pulls it out, and is it close enough to hand it off, or should I just like should I chuck it? I feel like either whatever you think is most dramatic okay. and fun. Well, then uh, um, he's gonna. Jonnet is going to like, because he's still kind of like hanging there. He's going to put it on, I guess this would technically be the wall, Mm. but because we've tilted so much, it now is like a pseudo floor. And so he's going to take it there and just like slide it over to Travis. Oh, okay. I'll attach this to the cargo. I need you to open the door again. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, But the angles are different this time. I don't know if I can... And you can see three men coming into the room now. Uh, I'm also going to need you to take them out. I'm going to be pretty busy. uh, Okay. uh, Men first. Door second. Go slow. Okay. All right. (laughs) Dirigible balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'll go over and start attaching this to the cargo. Okay. So I need to know... I need to know what you are attaching it to you've opened the cage with this box there's this big pile of feather weave but there's also other stuff here uh that you could sort of take a risk and try to collect more cargo if you like so i think what he does is he attaches it to the big main cargo thing and then is there like little cargo that i can kind of stuff my pockets with oh yeah yes s cargo S for small. Yes. So you, small you, can, you can like try and locate like a really uh, fast snail. This is a big shipping thing with, with with a big cargo hold. The most valuable pieces were behind this cage, but there are other bits of cargo. A lot of this is going to be food and coal and other supplies, but some of it is also likely going to be gold and, and coinage from various provinces. Cool. Yeah. And I, I feel like Travis definitely has... Just a jacket with a lot of pockets. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think you've already mentioned that. I'm sure. 
So yeah, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll attach it first, but... If you like, I could give you the option of either moving a fate point to immediately find something valuable to stuff in your pockets, or you could pull a luminary to yeah. see what you get. I'll pull a luminary. <sighs> All right. A bloominuary. Damn, James, what are these fate points expire? You're really trying to get us to use these fate points. No one's interested in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The changeling. Oh. Wow. If you pull your own, that means you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think pulling your own is actually going to provide you some sort of benefit. Winning. And keep in mind, I was horny. We are talking about masturbating. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you come quickly and efficiently. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with me. The oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the changeling, transformation, yearning, impulse, and will. The changeling comes of age. They find new power and new desire and allow that to alter them. By nature, the changeling is a creature of transition. It is at times unsatisfied with even stable arrangements. The changeling looks upon freedom and joy and burns to answer their call. A narrative uh, interpretation, a PC has the power and will to adapt to a new paradigm. Brittle things will break away to reveal new strength beneath. Someone caught between the past and the present will find the resolve to embrace their destiny. This is a question that should probably be edited out. When I was it's gonna get horny. very, very <laughs> how horny? It's gonna get <laughs> deeply horny. Just tell me when to stop. Uh, okay, and and also now tell me when to stop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be edited out. It doesn't technically need to be because no one could see what you were doing with your hands. But it was pretty graphic. We should probably end that James dying over here. <laughs> oh God damn it! Uh, so bad. So when I was first turned into a changeling during that game did she spoilers redacted big spoilers with big implications for the characters and narrative and stuff and i'm sure you're like hey i want to know what the spoilers are but let's be real you only think you do you and i both know that you'll have a much better time just sitting back and enjoying the ride anyway let's get back to the show this is spoiler bot signing off until next time kids then never mind we did set up this thing earlier of you insisting there's no way to control your transformation. There's no way to transform faster. Um, Jonnet has been urging you. I think we come to a moment where you use your disappearing muzzle to pull a sheet to the side and you've just found a box full of like ingots, like mm -hmm. gold and silver ingots, and you want to put them in your pocket. Like, you can only gingerly grab one with your mouth. You need a hand. And you try. For the first time in an extremely long time, your entire life as a changeling, you try. Oh, that rules. What happens? So, yeah, I reach out to try and grab just a handful of gold, and it's like just this weird, like, long paw. paw. Yeah. Um. I know we don't have much time, and boy, I want that gold. So I just reach, and he, like, tenses up his paw, mm -hmm. and it just quicker than ever before, the fingers stretch out and the hair goes back in, and he just grabs the gold. Yeah. Ooh. I would also say that it's, like, the leg is still the coyote leg. Yeah. Like, you just willed your hand to change faster. Mm -hmm. 
the power of your greed <laughs> allowed Strong you. Strong emotion. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we come to the top of the order with an NPC slot. And can it be the because uh, I, I want them to do something before Oromar kills him. Can it be the NPC that's fighting Oromar down there? Yeah, absolutely. I think what's going to happen, two people have just been dispatched in front of this person. So, yeah, this will be a minion slot. Oh, wait. Oh, no, wait, no. Yeah. Did uh, Jonnet go? Jonnet didn't yeah, actually get to go. Well, I, I just did the. No, you the, only served his. Yeah, you, know, you only yeah. served his. OK, so let's go back to Jonnet. Um, so Jonnet. You pulled out your pistol. Yep. There are three men coming into this room. Just as a reminder to everybody, uh, pistols in this setting are sort of very early revolvers. They'll have paper capsule bullets that they're loaded with, and they are single action revolvers. They don't work super reliably, but you don't have to like load them like musket shot or anything like okay. that. I might, uh, I guess I don't know if I can just say this, this is what's happening or it's been an advantage, but like I feel like because the ship is leaning so much, when these three guys kind of like leave the area that is the stairs, there's kind of like a, maybe like an openish area where they can like be tripped up. I don't necessarily want to hit them, but when they leave like the the safety of like the wall on the stairs, mm-hmm. I want to like shoot at like their feet or something to try and like just trip them up, uh, trip up one or two of them as they come down the steps. How about this? Uh, we'll spend an advantage and we'll put an oil lamp. And I think there's a unique design for the oil lamps on this ship. They're, they're sort of in kind of like a rotating bubble. And like okay. you didn't understand that at first when you grabbed an oil lamp to go beneath decks. But now it's very obvious. This ship intends to list. That mm. is part of its design. And that oil lamp is right there behind them on the stairs. If you hit that, it will explode and get oil everywhere and probably cause a lot of ruckus. I love some ruckus. John is all about the ruckus. So it's great here, old team. Yeah. <laughs> the ruckus. Yeah, I wanna I wanna attempt that. How do I do that with uh so um, this I believe is it's like kind of a called shot. I'm gonna this is a ranged roll and it'll be hard. Okay, so one and two. So I've got so for the slug rifle I have uh yellow and two green. So that's going up against the two? Yep, that's going up against three purple. Boom. Oh, three. Wow. Okay. X's are... Failures. Okay. But it fails with two advantages. Okay. So you don't manage to hit the lamp or them, but you can create some sort of advantage for yourself. Those can add a blue die to a future maneuver that you do or something like that. Johnny, where did Travis leave off? Did I complete strapping the thing to the... The you, you got cargo? the most important cargo. Okay. Um, so you got the feather weave and you got that box. Gotcha. I would <clears> say <throat> that I would like if uh, my – Plus some sh- gold. Plus some gold. <laughs> I would like my uh, like shooting at them, att- my attempt at their lives to then distract them from Travis, giving him maybe a blue die uh, in his next oh, nice. uh, attempt at something. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I like that. So Travis – Johnny, make sure you remember that you'll have a blue die to whatever you roll next. I've never forgotten a single thing in my life. <laughs> Great. And now we go back to the PC slot, which or the NPC slot, which 
Facing Oromar, there is only one man surviving. Two of his friends have been dispatched. He's watched this man with broken legs rise in front of him. He's watched that same person fearlessly deal with the listing of the ship and be in a position that's like fairly precarious, undaunted. He's terrified. He's a monster. He's a monster. Oromar Vale has come aboard the ship and he is a monster. Come to smite us all. He is going to try and scramble up the side of the ship to warn the captain. Can I do a, a different read on this? Mm-hmm. I would like for him to try to attack. attack him. Okay. Because I want to show what happens when you stab this zombie. I think it's going to make this guy do exactly that, what he just did. Mm-hmm. But I think I think he's not going to know until he like... Feels a sword go inside of him. absolutely right. So this guy is going to try and attack Vale. He has no skills right now because he is not in a group. And he still does manage to hit. Um, So yeah, he hits with one success. That would be doing a total of six damage. I don't totally know how uh, zombie hit points are going to work. For this first encounter, we're not going to deal with that at all. I think Ormar takes what hits he'll take. Uh, I I think that, like, after a certain point, he does go down and, like, he can't go back up again mm -hmm. until he is, like, fixed or whatever. Until he gets new juice. Yeah. Robot. But nothing, like, ostensibly nothing happens. Yeah. He'll st- he'll run him through. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he moves forward. Vale doesn't, like, do anything to defend himself against this strike. Or, like, he's too slow. He's too busy, like, grounding himself from the listing. Uh, and he gets stabbed through the chest. And the man is close to Vale, breathing heavily. <sighs> And then Vale, like, slowly turns to meet his gaze. I also want this person to realize, like, as his breath is, like, uh, like hot and, pu- like, being pushed out of his body, and he's so close to Vale, he also realizes there is no breath, no, like, anything, uh. just, like, icy coldness to Vale. And, like, yeah, Vale's gaze slowly turns to meet his. Vale clicks his mouth shut uh, and the man stumbles back the sword still inside Vale Vale slowly pulls the sword out of his chest drops it over the edge and then winks stop it the man descends into screaming Uncontrollable oh. screaming. I do love how the wink thing like happened totally unintentionally, and now it's a signature move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've got a PC slot. If I may, I would love to take a quick moment to save Wendell. Oh yes, please. Yeah. And like I'm. So Wendell's hand is burning. Wendell yeah. is like He's dangling, right? Dangling, yeah. yeah. Um, and the system that we've worked out for friendly NPCs, unless Gable wants to interfere on their own, you can move a fate point around to just guarantee success in whatever Wendell's next action is. Yeah. Oh, I, well, like. <sighs> or Gable I th- can I think take... I would rather grab him. I think that'll <clears throat> probably be more successful. Okay, cool. I also want to. How many advantages do we have? Advan- oh, you've got like four left. Four left. Four um, I want to have an advantage that uh, where I am, the where, like. Compared to where he is, if and when I grab him, even if I don't have a tight hold on him, where we are, the ground is like there are lots of things for him to grab on. Yeah. Okay. That's there's like some netting on the ship. I mean, there would have to be because again, they've designed it to list like this. Yeah. So I um, what what role? 
Let's see. Athletics or coordination. If, if you're going to grab Wendell. I'm going to sheathe my sword too. Yeah. Do athletics then. Athletics. Great. Do athletics. I think this is average difficulty. That's two. Two perps. Two perps. I think that's just one success. Okay. I mean, and that's then, yeah, even one success these are, is enough. These are opposites, right? Yeah. Those are okay. opposites. Two successes, actually. Okay. Two successes. Yeah. Great. Uh, so you look at Fishhook, who's like sort of moved down towards you. He's just dispatched Nodos, and you sheathe your sword. Mm-hmm. He notices that, and you can tell he is not a fan mm-hmm. of you doing that. He sees that as more disrespect as you move over to Wendell, who is like forced now to let go, and you grab him before he falls any further. Yeah, I grab him, hold him to my chest, and then lay, lay him down on the ground. Yeah. And then just stand over like trying to protect him because he's probably burning very badly. Yeah, his hand is looking rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to take a lot to save it. And even then, he is he's probably going to be in a great deal of pain for the rest of his life without some sort of miraculous medical yeah. intervention. Where's his brother right now? His brother is hooked just above you. Uh, like you can see, he is very much going to be a factor in this mm-hmm. combat coming forward. But I want to make things yeah, interesting and, my, my and dangerous Why would here. you? Okay. Uh, so we're going to have Franz Fishhook go, and he is going to cast a spell. That spell is going to cost him four strain. How much strain does he have? Oh, he's got ten. Wait, Fishhook's casting a spell? Yeah, Fishhook is casting a spell. I don't care for that. Of all the insolence, he rams his anchor into the deck, uh, and he's got his other hand, like, supporting himself on his hook, but he lets his sleeve fall back, and he exposes his palm to you, and you see the gnarled, rotting black flesh that makes up the mariner's mark, and the air, once again, fills with the smell of rotting seaweed. You can feel the salty brine sort of, like, tease at your skin. It, It makes it feel dry, as he begins to mumble words in a language that you can't recognize. It- English. We <laughs> 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 we brought it back. Gable, in you, it sets off something powerful. It's like your soul was trying to vomit. It hates what it hears, and it radiates through all of your being. Hmm. And then you feel it. Uh, let me roll the thing first. Are oh, you you're rolling for damage? Uh, I'm I'm rolling to cast the spell. Didn't you just? No. So I I uh, paid the strain oh, paid to the cast strain. it, yep. but I. All right, James. Mm, yeah, I guess if we're gonna play the game properly. I hate it. No, thank you. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's two successes and two advantages. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey heroes and welcome to the campaign mid-roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode. We have a new song that has premiered this episode and I'm super excited about it. You're going to be hit with a big sting of it after the mid-roll, so look forward to that. Thank you so much to Arnie Parrott for more wonderful composition.
Heroes One-Shot has a lot of exciting things in the works this year, and one of them is a new season of A Woman With Hollow Eyes, our Invisible Sun actual play stream. Either this week or next week, we're going to be launching a Kickstarter to fund that. We hit a few technical snafus in launching it on Tuesday, but if you enjoyed our first season of A Woman With Hollow Eyes, you'll want to check out the Kickstarter for Season 2. Be sure to watch the OneShot Network and my personal Twitter account for an announcement of when the Kickstarter goes live. Before we get back to our episode this week, we've got a radvertisement for you. This one comes to us from Roleplay Television, or RPTV. Listen to Roleplay Television's spring lineup of shows on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app, and follow them on Twitter at the Roleplay TV. And you can learn all about their spring lineup of shows in their Welcome to RPTV episode. Roleplay Television is a brand new Georgia-based actual play podcast network featuring a variety of unique and engaging shows. The network will follow a seasonal structure, starting out in spring of 2019. They're going to produce two seasons each year, featuring their own unique lineup of shows. Their first season features sexy monsters in college, a steampunk tale of family and intrigue, and a mysterious trek into a fey forest. Uh, I like all of those. If you're a fan of actual play shows, and if you're listening to Campaign, I hope you are, you should definitely check out RPTV. Thank you so much to the folks over at Roleplay Television for purchasing a radvertisement and supporting our network this week. If you want to hear your own copy on either Campaign or OneShot, head over to OneShotPodcast.com, click on Contact Us, and then select Radvertise. There, you'll be able to purchase a personal or professional message to hear on the show. Finally, before we get back to the episode, I just want to take a quick minute and ask people to listen to this week's episode of One Shot. We did an actual play of Kagamatsu, which is kind of a competitive romance role-playing game. It's about a village that's under the threat of destruction, and the only way they can save themselves is by convincing a wandering samurai to protect them. And their plan is to seduce that samurai. Alex Roberts ran it for us, and she was our Ronin. And boy, howdy, did it get competitive. I have been sitting on this series for months, and I loved recording it. Also, we hired James Mendez Hodes as a sensitivity consultant on this episode, and he had a really interesting conversation on backstory with Alex Roberts about how we did. I'm just really happy with how all of that turned out, and I want to share it with as many people as possible. With all of that out of the way, let's get back in the air. <laughs> Okay, so you feel it inside your lungs, like ice, but it burns. You cough. You cough and vomit at the same time, expelling seawater from your lungs. And you notice it's not just you. It's Wendell as well, and even his brother, everyone in close proximity to Fran's fishhook. Your lungs are filling uncontrollably with water. You try to squeeze it out of your mouth and cough, taking in few precious breaths of air in between each. And now, now that the drowning has started... Fishhook approaches you again, lifting his anchor up. If you're to fight him, you'll have to do it as you drown. (laughs) 
you have been affected by a spell called the drowning. Oh, uh, all good. people in close range will feel water fill their lungs. You take four damage with no ability to soak. Oh. Well, technically, you get soaked. Yeah, uh, the river wet. The river wet. So five damage? It's four. Four. Four uh, damage. Okay, so... Uh, four damage, but oh, you don't soak it at all. Me at five, so yes. Gable, Gable's not doing too Gable's great. not doing too great, but I, I will remind everybody, PCs, even when your wounds are filled up, mm-hmm. you can actually spend your strain to keep yeah. fighting. And I have tons of strain. Yeah. Tons! Mm-hmm. One opponent <clears throat> will upgrade the difficulty of their checks by one. Gable, that is going to be you. Uh-huh. So... Uh, you any anything that you're doing because you're so busy drowning right now? More purple, and we already have one black because we're 45 degrees. Yeah, uh, th- things are getting. This uh, is a f- fun, even fight. Yeah. Uh, hey, get busy drowning or get, get busy, busy drowning. drowning. <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's time for another NPC slot, and that one is going to be Calder Barge. Calder. Decides mm. to seize on the advantage of this moment. Calder uh, also has his lungs full of water, uh, so he is going to be taking a penalty to his actions. Also, he did fail the leadership check earlier, so Calder is still going to be messed up by the listing. Holy! How bad is he? Mm. Uh, so Calder crits. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh no! Let me see Are what a crit. What does a crit to... look? Like? Uh, it's it's this the sun. That's a triumph. Yeah, yeah, but but you can spend that to activate a crit. Oh, yeah, when you right, roll okay. a triumph on an attack. I got the feeling on a summer day when you were gone. I think that Wendell's gonna die. His brother's gonna kill him. He's got kids, too. We all have kids. I've got kids. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I've got Dude, kids. Dude, this is the Christian Kids them. Bob version of that song. <laughs> I've got Christ. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> oh no we're having fun here but we are available to hire kids bop writers <laughs> you need a like six-year-old song or whatever not a lot of people know that crit stands for criterion collection <laughs> wait are you doing math what what can, what's <laughs> i'm i'm uh, checking the crit table so what has happened yeah, it's just a regular critical result. He is going to attack his brother Wendell, still dealing damage to Wendell, who Wendell has already taken some hits here. So Wendell tries to rise to meet his brother. His brother, through a horrible coughing fit, just spilling seawater out of his mouth, slashes his sword towards his brother. His brother weakly tries to rise his sword uh, to defend both you and himself. And Calder cuts through Wendell's sword, shattering it. And the blade of his brother's sword buries in his arm. Mm. He screams in agony between coughs. You can see there is blood coming out with the seawater in Wendell's mouth. Wendell is not long for this world. He does appear to have some small bit of fight left in him. But he's not doing great. Okay. There's a tiny bit of fight. Yeah. Just a little bit. There's a little uh, draft wormwood pop up when that happens next to Wendell's head. And then it just says, I can fix that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Chibi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We need some chibi art. (laughs) We are at a PC slot. 
Um, What's going on in the underground? I feel like I could... Uh, oh, wait, no. Can I move to attack now, or do I need to finish anything with the cargo? You actually have an option. So you can, like, try and grab more cargo. Try linking more things to the extractor. But uh, you can also try and help Jonnet in this fight. It's up to you. I think he tries to get more cargo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also another little flashback to Dref, like, clearly explaining, like, uh, now, this is specifically designed with the weight limit in mind to hold the uh, initial, what we're going after, the the, the the cargo that we've been contracted to, so you need to pay. Sp- John, can you hold this? Careful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can don't... I get that high five? <sighs> no. I just don't want it to be on my person when I change. Uh, okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> in the flashback. Cracky, crunchy, squelchy, crop. <laughs> That's the transformation That's a transformation sound. sound. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just loading it up. Cool. So, yeah, like, I, I imagine, like, there's some hooks or other instruments that you're just, like, trying to bind to other boxes around you. And continuing to grab whatever I can fit in my pocket. Okay. So, with that, I'm, I'm going to say that your action and your maneuver, you've gotten... Two more cargo boxes linked up. You've managed to get like another 100 gold worth of like valuables uh, that you've managed to stuff into your pockets. So yeah, NPC slot time. More like MPUE. We're having fun. (laughs) We still have this priest to deal with. Yeah, he ain't done anything. And he is going to to cast some spells. Move another destiny token over to continue his track here. What has happened? More men than the initial three that came down uh, start moving into Uh, the room. uh, We say Church of Latter-day Saints men now. (laughs) They prefer that. That was, damn, man. We're actually not supposed to say the other thing. (laughs) Presence of grace. So more red red feather Ariners enter the room. (laughs) And they dash across like the cargo hold, moving with surprising speed and grace with the ship listing this much. They make their way to the cage and immediately grab the box chained up, cutting it free from the extractor. Wait, the the box that we're extracting? Yeah, the box, because there's the massive amount of feather weave, and then there's that chest. They've grabbed the chest. Did they damage the extractor? They did not damage the extractor. It's just what it was linked to on the extractor. Like, it's just one rope has been cut. Gotcha. That should be easy to fix. Gotcha. Hey, put that back. We're stealing that from you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I I think uh, one of them raises a pistol at Jonnet. No, we're not. How big is Jonnet's pistol? Does he have to hold it with both hands? Uh, what's the, what's the size? A slug rifle? I'm oh, sorry. No, I was using a revolver. Yeah, you're using yeah, yeah, a yeah. revolver. Yeah, yeah, Um, so, like, I would say th- these revolvers are, like, the size of a forearm. They're oh, very whoa. big. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that. With, he's got to do that with both hands. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> That's a good thing. Our sweet baby. It transforms into a cannon. <laughs> well, actually. Oh? Oh? The sequel to Love, actually. This fails. He does not hit you, Mm -hmm. but he does get a triumph. Jonathan, I think you drop your revolver. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that feels like something that either it hits so close to him mm-hmm. that he it startles him and then like he fumbles around with it and then it just like 
Oh wait, the door's already closed again. Yeah, the door. Okay, closed so I don't right lose now. it. Lose it. Um, but it falls down onto the door. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So it is out of your reach right now. So yeah, they have reclaimed that chest, and your revolver is out of your reach. Uh, we go down to our final two PC slots, which I think are JPC and who else didn't go? I grabbed Wendell It was one of you that hasn't gone. No, I got Wendell No, no, I'm sorry, John, uh, Johnny or Tyler. Oh, yeah. I went. Because uh, yeah. like your zombie thing was getting, your zombie getting attacked. Yep, I haven't gone yet. So, yeah. And I think maybe, maybe me, my taking a shot was the... Previous, that previous that yeah. was a previous yeah, yeah, turn. Yeah. So. Right. so why don't you go since we're already in that room? Okay. Yeah. John, it's pivoting a little bit, and uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna try and get that door open again. So this time he's going to. Yeah, actually, because we are at a more increased angle, he's gonna go for that. What I was talking about a little bit earlier. He's gonna like brace himself, like the lower part of his back, on like the handlebar of the of the door Mm -hmm. he's going to put his feet up on like a beam or a cannon or whatever's closest and he's going to like kick with as much force as he can to try and like open that door back up i've i I don't know athletics athletics yeah it'll be athletics and average average two yep cool Mm. 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 Okay, that's going to be failure, two advantages. Okay, so the door does not open, but something fortunate can happen um, for you. Can, and I, can I have a, a suggestion? Mm-hmm. So your gun, as it fell, fell out of your hand, smacked against a wall and went off and shot the gun out of his hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, That's so ludicrous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that that's what it is. Both those advantages get used up. Uh, but John it doesn't notice that happening while he's trying to kick the door open. So he's like, oh, man, I'm not doing this. And he looks up and like the guy doesn't have a gun anymore. He's like, what? And if that guy rolls uh, enough disadvantages, I think his gun falls out of his hand, hits the wall, shoots Jonnet's gun, and then shoots it back into Jonnet's hand. <laughs> Just flips itself. Like, oh. It loads itself. I know how guns work. This is, it's all the same. Gun, guns are magic. Magic guns? Magic guns. Yeah. And we move over to Dref. Uh, cool. So Dref, the thing that, so first of all, the captain is still going after this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of in close uh, quarters with this guy. So I think the captain is just going to reach up and grab this guy uh, by the throat with his kind of like cold, dead, uh, hands. super strong. <laughs> I was going to say pause. They look like such big, strong hands. Uh, super strong uh, embrace. Um, but as he grabs this guy, I want to uh, throw a advantage point over, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or what's it, what's it called? Move a thingy? James, oh, yeah. Tell me how to do this game. Uh, <laughs> I think they're called destiny points. I've been calling them fate points like an idiot. I want to move over a destiny point for Dref to issue a new command uh, to the captain that's going to be a little more specific. Um, but I want – so at the bottom of this uh, like rudder system, there is a like large kind of mess of gears. Now, normally like sabotaging would be a uh, sort of delicate art, especially so that it – didn't look like it was sabotaged. Right. But since time is kind of of the essence and uh, Dref is uh, panicking a little bit, I want him to command the captain to grab this guy and just push him into the mess of gears. God. Yeah. Uh, Dref also wants to do this and doesn't understand 
super the implications of what's going oh, to happen. That's right. He hasn't Drep quite does not thought like through blood. that he's a yeah. He like it makes him queasy. Great. I love uh, it. So uh, so this is a, a a new command. What's the? Is it probably a hard command? This is a complex action. You want to grab him. Yes. And put him into gears. Yes. So <laughs> so what four action is put in gears. Uh, no, it, not four. That would be three. Three is three? hard. Okay. Yeah. Four is grab him, put him into these specific gears, and then pull this lever. It's like a no, lot. No, he just wants him to smush his body in yeah. there. Da, da, da. So that is two successes and a threat. <laughs> so it works. So the captain <laughs> grabs him and Dref, uh, 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 again, uh, is going to suffer a strain to uh, command him in a new uh, regard. Um, but he commands uh, Oromar to use this, like, screaming man's body, uh, uh, who's, like, now screaming, like, he's like, Oromar Vale's a monster! He's a monster! And he pushes the man into, like, these gears, which immediately, like, take him. Just crunch him up. Uh, and bolts are kind of, like, spitting out of the thing. Like the gears are like crushing, they're grinding to a halt. Something happens with like lurching on the ship, but the primary thing that happens is his body kind of explodes into like gore and viscera as he's like chopped up by this machinery, which sprays all over Dref and Oromar. Oh my uh, god, Dref, Dref, uh, I'm gonna have to. I, I want to. I so the, the. I think the threat for this is on his like keeping it like up Chuck reflex, mm-hmm. um, which would be. His presence, maybe. Well, what would what would the skill be? Discipline, here? I think, to not uh, vomit. Yeah, discipline. So that's a will skill. <laughs> so he's gonna add a black die to that. What's the what's the check? Uh, I think this is a hard check. This so is three. Yeah, the, an- the anti barf check. <laughs> so this is this, is, this, is, this like, is not gonna. This is he's gonna he's he's getting sick. Oh. oh my god. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a failure in two threats. So Oh no. Oh, he pukes and it makes the ground real slippery. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So I think that Dref, he kind of realizes what is going to happen oh. moments before it happens. <laughs> oh, no. So he's like even more like strangely like prepared for like he can't stop it though. It's like once it's on a course, it's on a course. And Orimar doesn't care because he's dead. Like he just yeah. mercilessly holds him and keeps pushing him in. But Dref just like loses it. It like bile and you know sickness uh, comes oh. into his throat, mm. and he just like sprays all over uh, as he is like sick to his stomach at what has just occurred. But the the damage has been done to the the rudder of this ship. Made some man meat. And I think that so that what that has done is it has prevented any more wheel actions like yeah. above from having effect on like yeah the way the ship yeah is. you hear a groaning. A big sort of like wooden strain mechanical groaning. A few ropes snap, um, more bolts pop out. And then there is a violent shake as the ship starts to right itself. Oh, that's better. It is better. Uh, like <laughs> It is better, but it's also this rudder is sort of going free. So that means that there's a chance this rudder is going to swing the other direction okay, before so- it completely... Writes itself out, so but that means we don't have those black die anymore, right? Yeah, you don't have those black die right now. You do still have your uh, dice upgraded because Ooh. you are drowning pretty bad right Ooh, now. Right. No, it's fine. And Dref's mission is accomplished yeah, for all Dr- intents and Dref, purposes. Here, y- you can decide at this point: Do you want Dref hop off the ship and like get on a bird and get out of there? Yeah. So I, I think that yes, because the plan was to do this and then get out, and Dref is a coward. So. I think that like their next thing is they're just going to head up the stairs and get the 
out of this. We once again return to a table that is staffed with people from the Uhuru and a long line of prospective candidates. Liz, do you want to describe this prospective candidate as they make their way to drop off their headshot and resume? <laughs> Uh, yes, I would like to describe this. This is a little, little boy, 12 years old, but looks as if they could be nine. Uh, this child is very, very sickly, but has a, a bright spark in his eye, uh, dreaming of going to far off places. Looks like just a normal little boy, except for a very, very large growth coming out of his neck. It is purplish, it is shiny, and it could burst at any minute. Oh, mm. that's a good detail. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, and he slaps down headshots and resumes on the desk. The headshot is really goiter focused, mm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was portrait mode, but the but it was focused on the goiter. <laughs> oh, so uh, he's blurry. <laughs> his eyes are soft, but the goiter is in focus. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Uh, you'll find that everything is in order here. I have your, all my... your name is you'll find that everything is in no, order here? No, my name is my name is Goiter. Well no. I was gonna say it was okay, but it turned out not to be okay. And before you ask, yes, I got my name before I got the large growth. Oh, that's, wow. that's called an aptronym. That's all. Okay. I think that's what it's called. You're, Either way, the it, trivia. it seems very unfortunate um, that you got your name after, and then the growth, mm -hmm. uh, um, which you are aware of, there's a large growth on it's your It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, neck. I understand. Okay. I mean, it's a good thing you saved us a bunch of time, because that would have been your nickname as soon as you were hired aboard the ship. That's well, true. let's not hastily offer employment. I was just saying, should the boy be hired, we'd be referring to him by the growth on the neck. I would have called you cat fingers, because you have the fingers of that resemble a, a cat's paw. Oh. So do you have uh, any experience in sleeping in uh, close, confined quarters? Can I touch your goiter? Oh. I would re I recommend against uh, um, touching. Uh, uh, I'm going to leave it up to Goiter okay. to tell me if he can if I can touch the Goiter. You you may, uh, oh. but but please no. use a light touch. This baby's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. I understand. But I also have many other defining traits. For example, I am an orphan. Who isn't? That's true. In this world, who is more like who has uh, a what father? What other world would there be? The world of the metaphysical or the world of stories. I stand corrected. Or the world inside of our own hearts of or, a mother's love. Squish. Or, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> so you're an, an, an orphan, you, yes. you, you said? Yes. Okay. My parents died of an uncertain illness that was probably plague-esque. So you were exposed to the plague? Yes. And a that, plague. that goiter... 
Could that possibly be related to I the plague? Th- I don't think so. I'm that not a doctor. A, oh, I am oh, a doctor, oh. and I would say that that is a postule of plague spores and potential uh, infecting agents. Oh, I squished it. Well, no, causation kind of is not necessarily. It's not correlation. Correlation is not exactly causation. That's correct. Yes. yes. What are some of your other defining characteristics? My other defining characteristics? Well, as mentioned, I do have these kitty-like hands. <laughs> I would say your hands are not cat-like at all, but your fingers are especially cat-like. Oh, well, where does the finger end and the hand begin? You where, know? The phalange the is a completely different part of yes. the hand. The hand okay. is the base of your uh, where the uh, finger bones meet the hand bone. Uh, all right. I could, what, are you uh, a doctor show, or something? Well, yes, of sorts. I am the ship's doctor, but I am not on trial here. He, 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 am uh, I? On trial? Well, Griff, do you have any aspirations? <laughs> I mean, in a world where it were available to me, where do you what see other yourself in five years? <laughs> the, the, the law would be a particular calling of mine that I could. Let find. me touch that neck. No, no, no please do not touch my neck. I'm touching the neck. No, it's so. It's so your hands are so wet. Why are they so wet? Well, you'll find that I have my resume and you want to see my CV. I can bring up a few references later. Can you explain the yes. difference between a resume and a CV a to me? A CV is always... more of an example of projects that you've worked on, in my opinion, whereas the resume is positions that you've held. It oh, says... I always thought that was an abbreviation for cover letter. Is, CV... is that not true? Where no. would the L go? Cover letter. There's two words. I know. Yeah, it's like a, like a massive abbreviation. Plate. No, it's a, it's Latin. It's curriculum. Uh, Verite. There you go. It says here that you uh, uh, want to be the cabin boy aboard the ship, yes. but we already have a cabin boy. I'll fight him. Little Johnny. I'll fight him. You'll f- f- fight I will fight him. Boy? I am, I've lived on the streets for years, and I'm going to... <sighs> I've got, got bloodlust. Oh, 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 <sighs> getting riled up in that... that Is he taller than me? He's ready to go. He's ready to pop. I have an idea. What? Oh, little Johnny, the cabin boy. <gasps> Come in. Did you? Both little Johnnies come in, and the two of you will fight to see which little Johnny is the true cabin boy. You have two cabin boys. Johnny number two here. (laughs) It's Johnny number one, sir. Uh, But you can quite say that the fun has begun, sir. (laughs) Uh, All right, if the two of you could just fight real quick until one of you dies. Well, toss her around a little bit. Won't (laughs) hurt me none. Then I'll give a little hit. Little bit of a hit right on his bum. <laughs> they, they're dancing around each other. This looks like capoeira. Looks like they're experiencing some emotional growth. All right, that's quite enough, little Johnnies. Please away back to your duties. You have a dexter swab. You know, your hands might do well on this ship. They're currently staging a production of Cats. So your hands could maybe play. What's your favorite cat? My favorite is Rum Tum Tugger. I was going to say that, so now I'll just... It's Mr. Mistopheles or nothing. Okay, that was my second one. So Those are the only two cats anyone knows. Those are the only two cats in that play. Well, no, there's also Mongo Jerry. And there's Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat. Deuteronomy and... Cats Midnight and... Garfield. Rumble Teaser, that's a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, <Fertile> monster. <laughs> so many fun cats in that play. 
Which cat of all the cats would you say is most jellical? That is actually one of our um, planned questions for you as part of this interview. <laughs> Which of the, the jellical cats is the most jellical mm -hmm. cat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on whoever. Uh, 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 oh, it's a yes oh no, you've no. caught me. I don't know anything about cats. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no. <laughs> You'll never be an errand. Never. <laughs> You better get your butts off the boat, sir. <laughs> oh, it's popping. It's popping. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like OneShot. Take it from me, heroes. The most fun way to learn about new games is to listen to them get played. Every week on OneShot... I, your host, James D'Amato, bring you actual play recordings with a talented cast of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds. Each month features a new group trying a new system, exploring a wide variety of genres. The stories are self-contained, so you can jump in anywhere. And it's a great way to find new games. Discover the magic of RPGs with One Shot on your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at IO with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. -T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, -E or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky